Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be Right, welcome to the Cobra Cast for the present VP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty, the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog, VP Etridge. Welcome to the show and uh, welcome, Etdog. How are you today, mates? Oh, mate, I'm, I'm pretty good. We are Thursday night here in, uh, well, it's bloody bit chilly tonight, actually. We we had the cup day a couple of days ago, which was Lovely. one of the one of the hottest days for early November in a long time. And, and now oh. I'm back in a hoodie, so typical yeah. Melbourne. Yesterday, it was just yesterday, Melbourne time, it went from nice and warm in the morning and got a bit colder as the uh, day went on. But I'll tell you what, mate, it does not feel at the start of November. Nah. It's, it, 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 it still it's... sort of feels like, you know, late September, maybe mid-September. It does not feel like November at all. Yeah, it's, it's mate, we're almost at Christmas. It's it's uh, ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? Like the year is just... The wife keeps has been bugging me for weeks. I need what you want for Christmas. I need what you want for Christmas. I'm like, why? We've got ages till Christmas. It wasn't until I was sort of sitting there going, all righty, what's coming up? I'm like, ah, oh, shit, Christmas. Have got no one presents. There's six weeks till Christmas. Best thing, or eight weeks to Christmas. No wonder she's been asking for it. Yeah, well, still, presents are in the mail. It's not It's not your fault if they're backlogged and they can't deliver them in time. Like, well, what can you do, mate? COVID, yeah. it's... Just, yeah, it'd be uh, like my beanies, I guess. Yeah. Still, still waiting. Still waiting. They'll get there one day. Don't you worry. Uh, one day. One day. But uh, so really, sort of, we're off to tonight, mate. I, we've got all our, our, our crap talk out of the way before we started recording this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mate. Well, you got the hat on for it. We're going right. to LA. Uh, the home of the, the Lakers, the world champion Lakers and the world champion Dodgers. And I always find it funny when they call American teams, world champions, but it's the American yeah, way, isn't it? The world champions in a sport that are in competition only uh, North American champions, you could at least argue they could say because you know, Canadian teams in there. Yeah, but that's there's, no, there's, no, but there's not, no world teams involved in it. So it's, uh, it's a bit like, so I feel like if you in the AFL, if Richmond are calling themselves the world champions, it probably would hold a bit more legitimacy because the AFL really is the only major Australian rules football competition in the world where you know, baseball and basketball, NBL, you've got all around Europe basketball-wise. It's like, how, how are you world champions? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, unless it's an Olympics when you've actually played as the dream team against other countries from around the world and become the world champs, it's, yeah. But, yeah, but, it's, yeah. You, 
what we got to remember, mate, is they were just declare when they were champs anyway, mate. Yeah. As, as yeah. they're learning so far across in the States at the moment, they were just declare what they wanted to declare yeah, and declare, yeah. worry about the facts later. <laughs> That's it, man. And, like, I don't want to get political on here, but all I'll say is our thoughts are with everyone over there and good luck because who knows what the hell's going to happen over there at the moment. Um, I wish everyone all the best and I hope everyone stays safe over there because <laughs> things could get pretty crazy. Um, well, yeah. On, on that sort of that mindset of keeping safe and look after each other, as we've sort of been saying all back around Europe and North America and whatnot, the, um, unfortunately COVID's taken hold again back across there and uh, across Europe, there's all lockdowns coming back in and curfews and whatnot from what we've seen back when we first started doing this. So, yeah, make sure you, know, you do what you've done the first time around. Keep safe, follow the uh, the guidelines of what you're being told and hopefully you guys can come out of it the other end like we looks like we've, we're going to have, which who would have yeah. thought that three months ago? Yeah, well, maybe we'll, we're sort of proof that, uh, uh, you know, strict lockdown can work and it, it did work for, for a certain extent in some places. But unfortunately, when you're dealing with a lot of countries close together, it gets pretty difficult. But yeah, our thoughts with everyone that are back in a lockdown and, um, you know, we know all the clubs that we've spoken to do great work in staying connected to their little communities and I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh, challenges and things going on Facebook. To... Oh, it's already started, mate. It's fantastic. It's yeah, yeah. It has been sad to see the last week or two all these clubs around the world coming out on social media and explaining that, you know, training's going on hold and this and that. But, yeah, they're on the front foot straight away doing challenges and trying to keep people, you know, um, involved with their club and connected, which is fantastic to see. Yeah, just like us, mate, fingers crossed that 2021 season goes ahead without any um, hiccups. So, you know, our thoughts are with everyone and we wish everyone the best of uh, luck with getting through this time all across the world because there's different things going on in different places. But, um, yeah, hopefully by the time this episode comes out or by, by the time people are seeing this, they know who their president is over there or and, and whatnot. So, Can't get um, it, though, can we? No, we can't, but I, I said hopefully. But, um, mate, we are talking to Rick Shaibani. He is uh, from the LA Dragons. He's uh, been a part of a podcast himself with um, uh, Kraz and Tara. James, we discussed this the other week because he played from Austin. James Martinez, I think uh, Martinez maybe. Yeah, possibly. Oh, you're better with names than me. Oh, but... don't, yeah, that, that's a worry then, isn't it, mate? Jesus. <laughs> but this is one that I was looking forward to. We, we tried to tear this up um, for quite some time and just could never get our times to work. Uh, obviously, American and Australian times are so different. And then all of a sudden, I hit him up. Hit him, he hit me up one morning about something. I hit him up saying, oh, we're recording tonight. And he wrote me back saying, oh, yeah, that time works for me. It was like 10.30 American time. I'm like, hey, yeah, how does yeah. that work for you? I'm working if you want to be in bed by 10.30. Yeah, no, he he, mate, he stayed up late and uh, got the conversation in, and we, mate, we could have uh, spoken for quite a while. He, he was a good chat. I, um, I always enjoy when we speak to um, a bloke that played footy in Australia as well. He played down at the uh, yeah, spent Caroline a, Springs, Caroline Springs. Yeah, spent a, a season over here just on a you know, I think a bit of a working holiday kind of thing, and was yeah in Australia. So he got his got his chance to get. Get a taste of what footy's like in Australia, which is great. So, 
Um, I think he even managed to throw a few of the uh, the old teammates under the bus at the end there. So he wasn't just getting LA Dragons. He was getting some uh, some players from Caroline Springs as well. Yeah, it was uh, good fun. We had a bit of fun with the uh, Caroline Springs Facebook page involved with that because I, I've already said that. I've just doubled, <laughs> wanted to double check. We got the team right and Facebook page just popped that up. But um, it actually wasn't that long ago, mate. We're, we're starting to hit territory we're not used to. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's starting to get scary. We're actually, I'm actually think, starting to think we're about to uh, be good shit in the bed very shortly and not have episodes. Yeah, well, mate, we've uh, we've been working hard and, and mate, we've pumped out 88 episodes in quite a short amount of time. And so we're not far off hitting that 100 mark. And then I think after the 100, we'll take a break. But, mate, we just we, hit. We, we say we that, just... but we'll see what happens. <laughs> the goal is to take a break. But as we said, mate, with. Uh, Rest of with Europe going through what it's going through, mate. They may want to send down Cobras to the rescue and help them talk footy while they with people. Yeah, well, they might they might have to wait till uh, around the globe season two. Um, She's a long season one, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Uh, but mate, our our Facebook page, uh, Sandown Cobras Football Club, has hit a thousand likes. So um, I think when we started this, we were probably at about six hundred or something. So. Uh, in the time we've been doing this, we've picked up a fair few likes across not only Melbourne and Victoria, but across the world. So it's, uh, we thank everyone that's come along and liked our page and has been enjoying this stuff. Uh, but let's get into this chat with Rick Shibani, and then we'll uh, see you Wednesday with the boys from uh, Port Melmo. Uh, so enjoy this one, and we'll catch you then. All right, so today we're... Joined by Rick Shaibani from the LA Dragons. Thanks for joining us, mate. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad we could finally get around to doing this. It's been a busy couple of weeks for all three of us, I reckon, but I'm glad we're getting it done. Yeah, no, nice. It's uh, it's good to get somebody who's got a fair bit of experience with the, uh, the media side of stuff. Um, so we're keen to learn about Dragons, but also... Uh, your story and how you found footy. And that's what we would like to get into first and find out how you came across Aussie rules in the first place over there. Yeah, no, it's, it's a pretty great story actually. Uh, so for those who aren't aware, I grew up in Virginia, uh, American mom, British dad, um, didn't really play too many sports growing up, you know, a little bit of basketball, a little bit of martial arts, but couldn't really find anything to really sink my teeth into, I guess you could say. And, um, my dad uh, was a field hockey and rugby player back in the day, and he had always wanted me to give one or both of them a go. So I figured, hey, when I'm in college or, or you know, whatever, I'll give rugby a crack. And I did that for a while. Wasn't great at it. Wasn't terrible at it. Um, but I never really, you know, with school and other stuff, didn't really have time to give it my full attention. And then um, I put – then this is union, not league, for the record. Um, league doesn't really – not really much of a following over here in the States. Um, uh, so it's, it's a bit different, but um, yeah. And uh, so after I graduated uni, I moved away, uh, spent a little time in Phoenix, Arizona. And when I was there, I played rugby. Didn't really have a chance to play too much because we're a real veteran side. And, um, but as they would have it, one of the guys there was a Yank who had previously played Aussie rules football. And he's like, hey, have you ever heard of this sport? And I'm like, no, what is it? And he's like, oh, I used to play it a while back. You know, you should give it a crack. And I thought, oh, hey, yeah, maybe one of these days. And a week later, um, I'm at a bar 
in Phoenix with a friend at like one in the morning and it's September. And the only thing on TV at one in the morning that's sports related in September is AFL finals. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And then I YouTube it and I'm like, oh, this is that sports Alex was telling me about. So kind of a funny beginning and uh, got involved with the, the team in Phoenix, which was like in a rebuilding stage at that point, not many players for a full side, but I, that was kind of like the first part of my addiction, I guess you could say, to footy. And I moved out to L.A. in August 2016. And uh, the first email I sent after I got to L.A. was to Jabba or Justin Hall, who's the president of the L.A. Dragons. So that's kind of how the ball started rolling, I guess you could say. Yeah, very nice. So 2016, you started playing for the Dragons. Yeah, uh, and obviously August was like halfway through the season. So um, – you know, it was, it was like a, a, a difficult adjustment, and I was just learning as I was going, you know, trying to figure out exactly, you know, all the things you learn with, in Australia when you're, you know, five, six years of age. So <laughs> definitely a steep learning curve at first, but, you know, the guys couldn't have been more welcoming, and I knew I had a great group of friends from the get-go, and, you know, improving my game was just an, an added bonus and something that kind of inevitably came as I learned to love the sport even more. Yeah, nice. So, so what position uh, do you currently play, and well, what's your sort of favorite position to play? Mostly, I've played a forward pocket, half forward flank. Um, on occasion, uh, they throw me out on the wing, and that was for the Dragons. I most almost exclusively play forward pocket. Um, and when I was in you know, in Melbourne playing for Caron Springs Footy Club, um, they mostly kept me at you know uh, as a bench rotational player for you know, pocket or flank. But again, I would occasionally go out on the wing depending on the situation. So either way, it was a phenomenal experience. And, you know, it, it's crazy looking back on it now, you know, obviously with no footy this season due to COVID, it's kind of been an interesting time to reflect because, you know, I first picked up a footy or picked up a share in October, 2015. And now five plus years on, I'm, you know, still at it and had some pretty amazing experiences. It definitely sounds like you've had some great experiences. I was going to bring up about um, you coming across to Australia a bit later, but figured while well, you mentioned it, might as well get stuck into it. So <laughs> how did you get across to Melbourne and what, what got you to Caroline Springs Footy Club? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, it was, well, in general, I had been considering the idea of doing like a working holiday visa uh, in Australia because I'd had a few mates from the Dragons who had done that previously and they had all spoken really positively of, not just playing local grassroots footy down there, but just, you know, the quality of life in Australia in general. And um, obviously Melbourne has some of the best footy in the country, you know, period. So it was just something that I thought, hey, you know, I might as well give it a go. Still young, still got a career ahead of me, and I might as well uh, have a brief change of scenery, uh, you know, leave L.A. for a little bit, see where it goes. And uh, Caroline Springs specifically, um, it was – we had a sister club partnership. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but back at the International Cup in 2017, or the last International Cup, I, I should say, um, when uh, we had a few Dragons players who were down there, we had a few guys um, who were on the USA Rebels, you know, the men's team, and uh, a girl or two on the either the Freedom Squad or the Liberty Squad, the two uh, female US teams. And uh, while we were down there, um, we pulled some strings, and Dre Jansen, He's uh, one of the fullbacks here at the Dragons. 
great bloke, tremendous guy. Um, he grew up, you know, Sunshine, Caroline Springs areas, uh, Western suburbs, and uh, he played footy for the Lakers and moved with his missus to the States in, I believe it was 2014, 2015, something like that. Got involved with the Dragons, and and but he was really just blown away. I mean, not just at the fact that, you know, as an Aussie expat, he could play footy in the States, but just he was he was just amazed at like the club culture and uh, you know it's a bit cliched but um he was saying that the lakers and the dragons were basically the same when it came to everyone being mates outside of training you know going on double dates with each other's partners and stuff like real camaraderie and real you know team spirit and uh so it was dre's dream kind of to just uh have a sister club partnership set up and basically i was the first guy to take advantage of that and uh, you know, uh, kind of forge the ties and make them stronger. Yeah, that's fantastic. It um, definitely sounds like our, our club rifted the you know, going out on double dates and that type of stuff. <laughs> but uh, can you imagine that, Ricky? He goes from the bright lights of LA to the western suburbs of Melbourne. It's, it's a little bit of a jump, you know, a bit of a, a, bit of a, a, bit of a culture shock. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> a so bit. It, Thankfully, I, I knew what, you know, a handful of slang before I got here and, <laughs> or, and uh, I knew not to use the word root, use the word barrack, you know, like, <laughs> little, little things like yeah. that. <laughs> it is them little things. So, um, so Caroline Springs were, like, Div 1 in the Western when you were there? That's a yeah, yeah, um, decent effort. Yeah, definitely. Um, they, they had moved up to Div 1, I believe it was 2016, or no, not 2016, um, uh, 2018, I believe, because in 2016, they did win the Div 2 Grand Final. Um, uh, that was a really incredible grand final for those of you out there who might have seen it but uh yeah yeah it was um you know we're still one of the youngest clubs in the comp and you know the wrfl and playing div one was even div one resis which is what i was mostly doing was a, a great accomplishment and i was it was great to be a part of a, a a club that was so passionate and dedicated and had some really strong leadership like that was one thing that kept everyone coming back like we kind of had a, a bit of a pattern. Um, even some of the guys in the leadership group, some of those boys um, who had, you know, played their junior footy coming through at Caroline Springs, but who had, you know, temporarily left to other clubs. And then, but almost always they came back, almost always. And yeah, I think that's a real testament to like such a, a great club. It's such a young club and fostering kind of that real family atmosphere. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, definitely sounds like a fantastic club to got involved with in your time in Melbourne. So um, how many games did you play much? Like you said, you played majority in the reserves, but did you play many games in the seniors? Oh, I wish I could say yes to that one. <laughs> um, it was, it was crazy. Cause like, I mean, I knew that the WRFL was one of the, the big leagues just below the VFL, which of course is just one grade below the AFL. So I knew it was going to be a steep learning curve. I knew I was really raw coming in. And quite frankly, when I first got there, I don't know what the expectation was. Like, I think everyone was excited to have someone who was new to the sport and, you know, the token yank, I guess you could say. But um, in terms of skill level, I knew I had some catching up to do, but also that, you know, pound for pound, or I guess you'd say kilo for kilo. Um, I was, you know, I was fit. I was, you know, aggressive around the contest and I could definitely contribute. You know, it was just a matter of how the coaches could get me involved. Yeah, that's it. It's great that, yeah, that's the thing. We, you've said before, you know, we go from playing a game of footy, which we've grown up with, and blokes in that team would have grown up with and would have gone through um, you know, academies and whatnot 
because as you said, the Western uh, Western region is a very very strong football league. Um, so, what number do you wear for the Dragons? What number did you wear at Carolina Springs? Uh, I wore number forty-two at Carolina Springs. I don't know why there wasn't really any. <laughs> it was just one that was already available, and I'm just like, and Teza, our um, our club president, he was like, "Hey, mate, which one do you want to wear?" And I'm like. Eh. Let's go with 42. And uh, when I was with the Dragons, um, uh, some of it's funny because in the Dragons, you know, like it's a lower budget, you know, with the USAFL. So some of us own our own jerseys, some of us don't. And I've just never gotten around to buying my own. So typically I'm number 48 or 50, depending on which one's available. Uh, that's just, I, I went number 42. So that's why I was a big, I've, <laughs> there you know, we go. On there my we go. arm and everything like that. So I think you need to uh, get yourself a 42 Dragon top when you get the chance to. Mm. Um, but uh, I've, I'm, yeah, I think, is it the first guess that's won one of our numbers? No, I think it's the second time 42's come up for you. No, no, I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was someone asked what number I wore. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was Berlin. But anyway, <laughs> maybe my night. Um, but, Glad to hear it, mate. <laughs> but uh, who do you follow in the AFL? before we get stuck into uh, the Dragons? Oh, well, I mean, as, as Victorians, you guys aren't going to like this. Um, I first started uh, barracking for the Giants back when they were still pretty terrible. And, I mean, I do have, like, some distant family in, like, New South Wales. And um, when I first started watching footy, even though they were you know, still, still losing a lot, um, I just kind of gravitated towards enjoying their style of play. I liked the coaching. I thought they had a good mix of young draft picks and some really quality veterans too. So, and I knew that like, Oh, they're the expansion club. They're, you know, the new kids on the block, but it was, it was something where I just thought, Hey, you know, this is a good team to barrack for, even if I'm going to have to take the piss for it a lot. So. <laughs> no, nah, that's all right. We've, I'm a Carlton man. So we've, we've gained half our players from GWS. So. That's uh, true. That's true. <laughs> and I think I think Essendon uh, at Dogs teams trying to poach a couple others net at the moment now. Who, so. who goes for Essendon? Mm-hmm. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> don't know what you're talking about, mate. <laughs> um, but so, who's been your favourite GWS player? Um, I'm I'm a big fan of Callan Ward. You know, just all the injuries he's had to overcome, the quality of leadership. You know, he, he's a really high character guy, and I think there's an obvious reason why he's been around the club for as long as he has, and you know, again, there, there are lots of, you know, guys like Keith Shaw or Mummy or veterans who, who kind of gravitated towards GWS as a, you know, part of the leadership group or part of that veteran core. But I, I reckon Ward, when he's healthy, is, is one of the best and just one of the guys you really want in the guts, helping your team, putting his body on the line. Yeah, no, he's a yeah, great player and he's a shame he's, he's suffered the injuries he has because he's, mm. he's, he's a great talent. And another WRFL product. He played over at uh, Spotswood. Yeah, so he's a former former Bulldogs player before. Mm-hmm. Swapping over to GWS. So yeah, he's one of those blue collar type blokes, isn't he? He's not, you know, he's not your Cornelio or your, you know, your million dollar <laughs> man type type thing. He's just, you know, goes about his business. But all right, um, let's learn about the Dragons. Um, and so when were the Dragons first founded? Yeah, um, 
yeah, it's it's a shame that COVID canceled the season because this year was actually going to be our 10-year anniversary. Um, and we were going to have the USAF on nationals in LA or outside of LA, like a, like a couple hours outside. But yeah, we were founded back in 2010. Um, one of the main guys behind uh, the Dragons was um, a guy named John Fragomeni or Fraggers. Uh, he's still our director of football to this day, um, although he's not coaching full time. He's um he's in the visual effects and the film industry here in LA. Uh, originally from Perth, played quite a bit of footy growing up, coached quite a bit of footy as well, and um, he was the guy who basically um, saw the potential for you know a huge city like LA with so many Aussies there as it is. Like he was just thinking, hey, you know, we we have all the ingredients here to start up a club. We had a bunch of metro sides, which is something that's kind of unique to USAFL, basically just nine aside, um, uh, which is kind of serves as our preseason or has historically um, here in Southern California, you know, between us, San Diego, Orange County. But um, yeah, it was um, the Dragons just kind of formed out of that. We've still got quite a few of the original 2010 Dragons. We won a, a Div 2 title um, at USAFL Nationals back in 2014 over in Ohio. As obviously, as I mentioned, I joined I joined the group in 2016, and um, yeah, we've been very competitive at nationals. Uh, we just haven't quite gotten over that hump. We're a bit of the the bridesmaid side in Division One because you, you know right now you've got you know New York, uh, the Austin Crows, Denver Bulldogs, all these elite Div One clubs uh, that are kind of standing in our way at the moment. They've got a lot longer of a history and a lot more flags than we do, but we're feeling really optimistic uh, heading into the season before COVID shut everything down. We were getting some, some real positive results, uh, getting some new recruits down um, and uh, making sure that uh, people were showing up to training, staying accountable. And, and we had a really good veteran core that we were really excited to kind of unleash and a few new guys as well. So everything was kind of coming together before uh, the shutdowns happened, but uh you know, we've got a plan for 2021. We're sticking to it. And obviously everyone's going to be so stoked once we can finally get out back onto the park again. Yeah, we were the same way in our pre-season for 2020. It was probably the most numbers we've seen on the training track pre-season in about what, five years, you reckon, Rift? Maybe yeah, six. And uh, we'll, yeah, we're feeling good. We're, you know, everything was ticking along nicely. Coming off a, a prelim <laughs> loss last year, we felt like we could go the extra step this year. And then as you said, COVID stepping away. So you mentioned about how you guys are going to have nationals in LA. Now, the USAFL are doing a digital nationals or a virtual nationals competition. Um, you guys are going to get involved in that? Yeah, yeah, I reckon some of us are. Um, I'm pretty snowed under with work these days. So, you know, hopefully I can have the opportunity to give it a crack a little bit. But, um, yeah, you know, we're all aware of it. We've been getting the emails and it's, it's a creative idea. And uh, basically it's just a question of uh, who's available and who wants to take part. Cause um, you know, it, it's, I mean, everyone's got family stuff and work stuff and obviously the pandemic has caused a lot of stress. So, you know, everyone misses footy, but it may or may not be the first thing on people's minds. So, um, but I'm sure we'll have a few people who are going to, uh, participate and I'm sure it'll be good fun even though it's a little bittersweet obviously so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's as we've learned myself and Rifty you know during these times this pandemic you've got to get you know, have a bit of initiation changed up a little bit so um mm. so why did the club choose the name the dragons and why did they choose the colors of the club 
Ooh, uh, you'd have to ask uh, the guys who were there before I was. But um, yeah, it, it's a great logo and it's a great design. Like basically, um, we even um, ripped off Sons of the West for um, Sons of LA, which is our song. Um, but you know, it was it was just something where, um, I mean, I, I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but it's dragons. Obviously, there's no AFL correspondent to that, and um, it's a little bit unique. And I think it kind of epitomizes. The, the way we play we definitely try to be the most physical the most fierce club out on the track every time and uh again we haven't won that flag yet but we're really excited to bust down that door and finally get there yeah the name the dragons definitely stood out to me when i was you know, looking for clubs and whatnot because i'm like oh dragon that's as much as it sort of is like a common name in some sports around the world like it's not something that you hear much in Aussie rules which is pretty cool um mm. so the jumper like i Myself and Rifty are massive fans of a, a good-looking jumper. Um, what gave you got? Do you know what the idea behind your current jumper is? And I, I do love the little um, LA touch on the chest as well. I feel like that's an absolute ripper of a little touch that you guys have given to it. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, uh, again, I don't know who originally designed it, but it, it's been selling well. You know, we've got hats, we've got singlets uh, in our merch store. It's um. It's, it's a cool design, and we've had a few different iterations of the jersey uh, over the years, but um, the current one with uh, the stripes, and, um, and of course, we've got our sponsors, like all good footy club does. Uh, so, yeah, they, they do look really sharp, and it's always fun pulling it on because, um, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, the way a team looks, the way a team goes about it is, is such a cool little, little bit of the game. I think it's funny because, like, you know, over here in the U.S., it seems like with gridiron, the uniforms just get more and more exotic. They're more flashy, all that stuff. But so Australia is comparatively old school when it comes to that stuff. But yeah, I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, uh, everyone knows which team you're talking about when you're talking about the red sash or the, or the checkerboard or all that stuff. So um, it, it's great to have those little things that kind of give history to the game instead of you know, constantly reinventing the wheel when it comes to a design. Yeah, cool. So, club's been around for ten years. Uh, who was who played? Uh, who did they play against in their first first season or oh, first game? And and how many players did they have back then? So basically, um, again, we kind of started off with experimenting with the metro sides, which we still do today. Like we didn't have the numbers at first to have full 18 asides. And then we finally did. And we were starting to go up against our main rivals, who again are Orange County and the San Diego Lions. And um, so basically it, it was kind of the perfect atmosphere because uh, to this day, we have players from all over different parts of LA. There's such a big crowd in Santa Monica or downtown or West Hollywood. There's, it's a very big area. So, even during COVID, we were um, training in small groups in different neighborhoods. So uh, there was a lot of players spread out over a big area. And during the Metro season, that whole concept is kind of like a round robin style tournament, nine on nine, LA, OC, San Diego, two different LA teams, actually. We split off into two. We have a few boys out in Riverside who also combine, um, or you know, they, they usually have at least a dozen or 15 blokes up there. So again, nine aside footy is a great way to bring new Americans into the sport. And then that just serves as a great primer or preseason for 
the full 18 aside goes. And again, it was kind of a steady progression. We still have some of the old hands from 2010, 2011, 2012. And then it just grew further. And then uh, by the time I, I rocked up, uh, we were a Div 1 club. So, yeah, it's, it's been amazing to see the growth and to see some of the older guys. You know, we've got some 41, 42-year-old blokes who are still out there running around uh, getting hit. So it's, it's really exciting to see. And we're definitely hoping to uh, continue the consistent winning that we've had so far. Yeah, nice. So um, you've got a women's team as well. When did that get started and, and how did that all come about? That actually started uh, 2017, which was my first full season with the Dragons. And um, we had quite a few girls who were interested, uh, either you know, partners or girlfriends of guys who were playing or, or women who were just looking for something new or, again, obviously Aussies who, um, who were just trying to get a little taste of home. And, uh, yeah, we had a pretty good turnout. Um, it, we, it, again, it wasn't enough for a full side. Um, USAFL women's is still in its infancy very much like AFL women's is. Um, so a lot of teams do have to combine, and you know, there's, like, uh, representative sides sometimes. But, um, yeah, dr- the Dragons women got off to a pretty good start. We had um, quite a few girls who were really, really talented. Uh, uh, Eileen Yoon, Lonnie Silvio, Yui Koakatsu. We had quite a few girls who were, you know, national team level and just phenomenal players and athletes. And unfortunately, uh, a handful of them moved away or they just, um, you know, other stuff happened with like families or work lives. So they haven't really been able to devote their full attention to footy. And our ladies coach um, actually moved back to Perth with his misses last year. So, um, yeah, it's, um, we're kind of in the rebuilding phase, but women's footy is very much a thing in LA. We definitely have the infrastructure to have both a full men's and women's side. And, um, uh, you know, Denver, um, New York, a lot of the big time division one USAFL sides have full women's sides now, which is really exciting to see. Yeah. It's definitely very like, cool. Like, you know, myself and Rift were chatting not that long ago and, you know, six months ago, if you had told us that, the game was getting played all around the world. We probably would have laughed in your face, let alone the fact we're learning now that women's footy is being played all around the world and it's taken off. It's one thing, you know, we're still... COVID obviously has made it a little bit harder but trying to get ourselves a women's team off the ground in 2021. Mm. Um, so, how many players do the Dragons currently have and you know, do you guys find it hard to recruit? Uh, we typically have, um, just based on registration numbers around 40 players a season. Uh, we're trying to get that bumped up to 50 uh, uh, participation rates. And this is you know nationwide in the USAFL, not just with LA. Um, participation rates haven't been climbing as much as we'd like. Um, and, you know, it is difficult to recruit and retain players because like, um, again, it's not just because, you know, Americans are learning a whole new sport from scratch. It's a variety of things, whether it's Aussie guys moving away or, um, different factors. Uh, it, it, it's obviously unique to everyone's situation, but um, it definitely is challenging to recruit, but I think there's a lot of fun involved in that too. Cause again, when I was first picking up a Sharon and learning how to play the game, like I knew my skills weren't going to be great. I knew I was going to have to take my lumps and deal with some frustrations, but what keeps you coming back is again, the camaraderie, the teamwork, the mateship, and um, just being in a position where you can, where you have a unique opportunity. Like most Yanks don't pick up brand new sports when they're already in their twenties. And 
I think um, it's di- it's uh, difficult to keep players because that learning curve is steep. But if you stick with it, it's so incredibly rewarding. It really is the best sport on earth. And I think uh, all the Americans who do get involved, because it's roughly half and half, because there are quite a few Aussies in LA, but um, it's great. And I think, um, you know, talking to other clubs around the country, like um, it's just really great seeing how many Americans are always getting involved and they all have unique stories, just like I have mine in terms of how they discovered it. So, um, and when it comes to actively recruiting within our um, sort of sphere of small, obscure sports, obviously uh, a lot of clubs turn to rugby clubs, uh, Gaelic football clubs, because there is a decent Gaelic football presence in the big cities uh, in the U.S. But um, yeah, it's um, like you kind of have to stick together with other clubs that might not have amazing funding or amazing facilities, but where you can also have a beer, have a yarn with those guys and maybe plant some seeds when it's like, hey, you, know, you want to give it a go. We've had um, some international rules matches in the past, um, whether it's an LA team or an Orange County team. Uh, th- and those have been really fun. Obviously, there's a bit of a worry that, oh, you're going to poach our players. But, um, but it's definitely fun to be able to connect and just broaden your network and find some new recruits potentially and just have some fun. Yeah. So, so the fact that LA is quite a big tourist destination for us um, Aussies down here, do you have many Australians coming across and sort of reaching out to you and be like, hey, I want to come down for a training session or whatnot? Yeah, we do, definitely. Um, and it's, it's usually like, oh, uh, one of our players has a few mates crashing on his couch. Um, you know, they're doing a little U.S. road trip. But other times we've had guys who are going to be here for an extended time, like actors who are flying in or uh, people who just um, are – you know, flying in and out or doing different things or just uh, making a pit stop in LA while they're um, doing other stuff, whether it's work or an actual holiday. And, um, oh, and when it comes to grand final night, oh my goodness, like we always have a big grand final party, one of the biggest in North America. And um, every year, every single year without fail, we've got, you know, people who are on their honeymoon from Canberra and they're like, oh my God, we have to find a pub to watch the granny. And they inbox the club because, you know, they Google us or whatever, or they Google grand final party in LA. And uh, yeah, it's always amazing to see that because, you know, people who are, again, they're just passing through and they, boom, there's another connection. And I think it's, uh, it's really cool to have that because again, it really is something that's uh, cathartic for expats who just want a little slice of home and, and seeing it on TV. We literally like rent out a pub every year to do it one of our big sponsors allows us to have a whole grand final night party and because you know of the time difference it's a perfect time like because here in LA it would, uh, grand final day would be like 9 p.m on a Friday so it's perfect and uh, so that's something that a lot of people love getting involved with is the social events and uh, again it's a great way to find new recruits and uh, just be around Aussies who uh, Again, to them, they would never have known that there's footy outside of Australia until they hit us up. So it's really cool to see. Uh, go ahead, Rifty. Before I ask my next question, mate, just go ahead and ask your social question about how big their grandfather they really I was, is. I was just going to say, mate, like, look at this. I don't even have to ask the questions now. And, and we, we're getting to know all about this big grand final day. It's perfect. Um, mm. It's only taken us 
you know, 80 odd episodes and, and I'll finally <laughs> don't have to ask the question that just comes up. The thing, the thing I did like about that answer though, which I, bit, I did have a bit of issue with, like fantastic that someone wants to, is on their honeymoon going to watch the footy, the grand final. Mm. But what kind of bloke gets married during footy season? <laughs> like, I, I told my wife, I'm like, we're getting married at the start of the year because we get married at Feb. That's about when pre-season well, kicks well, off. Right. He said they were from Canberra. Oh, it's true. So they didn't have yeah. any skin in the game. They, they had no chance of a, their but, team winning it or anything. So. I was smart. Not only did I get married in the off-season, I got married start of Feb. So mm. and you'd be aware, pre-season starts start of Feb. Oh, I yeah, have a guess yeah. he's on their honeymoon drinking cocktails and coast smoothies inside of preseason. <laughs> this one right here. <laughs> mm. yeah. uh, Who also just happens to, you know, have Super Bowl Monday off because it's the day the after rest, their the wedding. For the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I worked that one well, didn't I? <laughs> I'm, not too sure, I'm not too sure the wife was still impressed when I uh, said to her, like, oh, I just realised Super Bowl was a Monday after our wedding. We're going to go to Jim's house for Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Before we catch our fight to Coast Millie. But that's how we become an annual thing. So it's fantastic. Um, I know where the hell were we? Oh, so whereabouts do you guys train and play your games? Yeah. Um, one of the big things in the US, as you might imagine, um, there aren't many cricket ovals. So we've got to kind of get creative in terms of uh, finding a big enough oval and um, also just reserving it consistently because there's all sorts of other recreational activities that go on uh during the summer the northern hemisphere summer i should say and uh yeah we normally train um in uh santa monica venice beach area because a good amount of our team i'd say probably about half of our guys live close to the beach um and like i said during covid um we were before like the restrictions or the serious restrictions, I should say. Oh, you know, we've got groups of five or six guys and go to the park and in our neighborhoods, like whether it's West Hollywood or uh, Redondo Beach area or um, Santa Monica, wherever. It was um, just some, a way we could stay connected and have a little kick, even if we weren't able to train in massive groups. And uh, But yeah, it's basically about just reserving a field. We have a guy on on the board at the Dragons who's who deals with the, the facilities and getting those books with Parks and Rec Department, stuff like that. So um, it's definitely challenging because, uh, you know, we're, we're in no man's land when it comes to actually kind of creating your own oval. And um, it's like you call up uh, whoever the parks commissioner is for that area, just be like, oh, we're doing this at this time. And they're like, oh, what sport's that? Tell me more. What, what, what's going on? What's it going to entail? So, yeah, it, it's kind of uh, the logistics are challenging, but uh, small price to play, small price to pay to play the game. And if Parks and Rec is anything to deal with, like the TV show, to be... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I was waiting for someone to make that joke. Yeah, it's, um, it's definitely challenging. Sometimes we got to get creative in terms of locking down a training ground and... Uh, an actual home, ground for home games or just um, when daylight savings time hits, uh, finding a field with lights because that that's surprisingly difficult. Even in a city the size of LA, there, there aren't parks everywhere. Like it's pretty urbanized, not, not enough greenery. So typically we're only choosing between like four and five options with fields that are big enough, fields that can be reserved and fields that have lights. So definitely challenging, but uh, again, it's rewarding. So, can't complain. Right. So, before we move on, 
we usually ask at the end to throw some teammates under the bus, but I'm going to add something in. I want you to throw a teammate under the bus now because you mentioned Venice Beach and, you know, a lot of the guys are close to the beach and stuff. So out of all the, the blokes you play with, who's the one that you'd find down at the beach, you know, doing the doing a workout with their shirt off, you know, at Venice Beach? Oh, that would, that would definitely be David Dollar. Uh, he doesn't live in Venice, but he is, he's in Manhattan Beach, which is, uh, you know, pretty close to the water. And uh, he's always, you know, doing a 15K bike ride at 5 a.m. or running, running 10Ks on his day off. You know, he, he's, he goes pretty hard. And uh, he's definitely the guy who's going to be pushing you to your limit and uh, probably uh, getting a few, a few ladies' numbers as well. So, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. And this, uh, hold, on, add- hold on, hold on. Let me just say, this is what I like about this club, right? Is they've got a really great website. They've got player profile pictures up there. So when he, as soon as he says a name, I can put a face to it straight away. That's, mm. that's, that's the one, you know, we've spoke to bloody 80 odd clubs now. And every time they just say a name, you know, we don't know what they look like. Occasionally we might find a picture on Facebook, but this is great, mate. We can, straight away I put a face to his name and I go yeah <laughs> David Dollar yeah. over here he's, he's you know he's definitely getting the guns out in front of the ladies that's for sure yeah right. so my question to that was so for um, when we throw the blokes on the bus we're going to want one from the Dragons and we figured because you did spend a year at Caroline Springs we did that so who from Caroline Springs would just fit right in at Venice Beach hmm I'd say uh, Jezza Caterino. Um, he's another guy who's, who's quite the fitness freak. He, he definitely want to go surfing for the first time. And uh, he's never been to the States. So I, I keep telling him, I'm like, bro, how much do I have to twist your arm? And uh, he's actually good mates with Dre too, um, the guy here at the Dragons who, who uh, played at Caroline Springs too. So <laughs> yeah, he, he would definitely fit in in that crowd. And I reckon he'd have a pretty good time. Yeah, it's nice to hear. I'm glad. I'm glad that you, I tell you what I like about this guy. Bang, showed away. Got names. Yeah. Like, As, we get blokes that sit there and half the episodes, oh, geez, I don't know. He's just like, bang, bang, we're good to go. So, yeah, <laughs> our listeners will be able to point them in the direction of the, uh, the website and they'll be able to put the faces to the names. And you can tell straight away the guys that are, don't mind showing off the guns because they're all doing the same pose. And that's, that's, they're doing this, they're doing this one, Ed Dog. They got the, the hands under the arms, making yeah, the, sure yeah, they're pushing the, the biceps out. And you've got yeah. the certain blokes that are just more than happy to have their head head up. Yeah, and other other guys, you know, they're just arms down, you know, whatever. <laughs> but there's, there's, I, um, there's many, a fair few that are definitely making sure they're pushing them biceps out. That's for sure. I definitely have a, a very similar photo from my Caroline Springs days. Um, it's it's probably on my Instagram still, but um, yeah, the exact same pose. But um, uh, the one on the Dragons website is uh. I'm my, I'm kind of tilted, like I'm kind of standing like that, so it's not quite a full frontal, uh, yeah, bulging know. muscles ideal. But yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's great that you guys can put names to faces. I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to put names to the faces, just go to ladragons.com. <laughs> there you go. It's there you go. It's, it's too easy. easy. <laughs> um, all, right. all right, so we've covered most of this stuff already. That we're going oh, to we're get going to. Find out, we're going to find out who the sponsors are, mate. Yeah, all right. So, 
you mentioned a sponsor pub. What other sort of sponsors have you been able to get and, and how hard is it to gain new sponsors for the club? Um, it depends on the year. Depends on like how much people are willing to put towards the club. So typically your safest bet is like um, obviously everyone's place of work. Um, a lot of the Aussie guys, um, either they work in like finance or IT or uh, places where there's a, a decent amount of uh, companies that might be interested in sponsoring a local club team. And uh, so we've been pretty fortunate when it comes to that. Uh, again, on the board, we have a guy who's in charge of sponsorship and he goes around to all our sponsors every year, you know, making sure they're still committed, making sure they're committed for a certain amount and just, you know, helping with the club's costs and uh, getting your name on, on the jumper. So it's, it's a, uh, it's good to see. And um, every year we kind of gently, uh, ask people like, oh, hey, you know, if, if you guys know anyone who might be interested, just have them tell us to drop us a line and we'll, we'll be in touch. And uh, if you guys want to uh, throw in your own company and see if they're keen, you know, go for it. So it's definitely a good, um, a good way to kind of make those local contacts. Obviously, we try to reach out to Aussie-owned businesses that we know of, um, you know, small, small businesses, which is great. And um, so it's kind of a multifaceted approach, uh, depending on who has connections where and in what industries and, again, whatever they're able to do to help the club. Yeah, sponsorship's always um, one that you, it's difficult, but when you find the ones that you can always stick around for a while. So you, um, you host a podcast that, uh, called Outside 50 originally with Kraz, and then he, I think, went more behind the scenes and you uh, had Tara from the Denver Bulldogs and Ben from the Austin Crows. So how did that podcast start originally i figured you guys were going to bring that up uh i i know you guys knew about it because um again uh you uh stand down followed me on instagram a while back and i knew you guys um had connections because being in the, the facebook groups like with world footy or the supporters of australian football in the usa like that's how i first met you guys obviously and it was really great to again because so many aussies just have no idea that footies played elsewhere and seeing you guys be as passionate and enthusiastic about reaching out to clubs around the world as you are with local grassroots footy in, in Victoria. I think that's awesome. And, uh, but to answer your question about the podcast, um, Kraz kind of came to me late last year when I was still in Australia because he knew about my work writing articles for world footy news and he, and he had his own website and he's, he does website design for a living. And um, he's got a great background in that. And um, so he was just like, hey, would you like to write articles? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's talk about it. And he's like, oh, well, it's still in the early stages. I don't know how often we'll need you to write, blah, blah, blah. But I was like, yeah, if you don't want to totally dedicate it to blog writing, that's totally fine. We'll, we'll do something different. And um, at first, he was kind of skeptical about the idea of doing a podcast. But I was like, mate, everyone's doing podcasts. Why not? Let's give it a crack. And uh, so he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then we uh, started it in January when I moved back from, from Oz. And uh, yeah, it kind of just took off from there. And, you know, it, so, some drama came up, not between us or anyone else, but just uh, things came up. It got complicated and Tara and Ben came on board. They were phenomenal. We had some great episodes with, regardless of who was the host, it, it was wonderful. And we, we really enjoyed it, especially considering lockdowns were happening we weren't sure if the season was going to be canceled or not eventually it was and um we were just trying to 
reach out to people and talk footy and just uh, have some of that uh, that camaraderie again. So um, again, it, it kind of just, it's on hold. I don't want to say it's over because we'd love to do it in the future. It's just kind of a lot of things happened at once and we kind of had to uh, put a temporary hold on it. But um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely been something that's been really rewarding. I mean, Tara and Ben are phenomenal. Kraz is a, is a wonderful guy who's been involved with footy in the U.S. for God, over a decade at this point. So or almost two decades, I think. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really great to just have those connections because when you first join a club and uh, typically you only see the other clubs three, four times a year, depending on like regionals and nationals. So it's good to kind of keep in touch with people. And since everyone's on Zoom now or doing other video conferencing, we figured, hey, let's, uh, let's do a podcast. Let's do something that can kind of uh, uh, be, be a thing. That can, because there's so little in terms of like, not just because um, USAFL does a great job, but in terms of like podcasts or video series or things like that, there's really not there was a void there that we kind of thought we were filling, and um, and just seeing the reach of it, oh my god! Like Kraz had a little um, graphic on when he was on the website or the host that he was using, and um, just showing how many downloads we had, where they were from. I'm not even joking. We had people from Pakistan listening to the podcast, uh, Chile, South America, Germany, Poland, um, Canada, everywhere you could think of. It was just Ireland, uh, Papua New Guinea. You know, all these people who were just tuning into this tiny little podcast that we were doing for you know, no money, basically. And it was, it was really amazing to see. And again, hopefully we can resurrect that format sometime in the future. Yeah, I'm hoping so because um, I was a big fan of it. So, a few reasons is I pretty much listen to. Po- I work by myself. My job you know, makes me means I work by myself. So, I have a headphone in all day and listen to podcasts. And when um, COVID hit, I realised that 75 percent of my podcasts relied on the week of sport that happened on the weekend. So when there was no sport going, I'm like, I have nothing to listen to. And then when my stuff and Rifty started doing this. I, I found it. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. I can actually listen to <laughs> episodes of people from clubs that we're capable of going to be speaking to and um, learn off them. And I think it's a fantastic podcast. And we spoke to, I think, Tara, I think it was like early days of our podcast and spoke to Crows quite early. And I think we had oh, a good hour and a bit chat with him um, after we finished recording Rifty. Like, I think it was sort of like probably yeah. midnight before we jumped off. It was, uh, yeah, he's, if you haven't listened to that episode, you should go back and listen to it because it's uh, Kraz, like you said, he's been around USAFL for a long time and done a lot of great stuff. And uh, man, we could have probably recorded two, three hours with him, no problem. <laughs> oh, definitely. And, and he was a guy, and he also, um, he did some coaching in country Victoria. You know, he's a Melbourne guy originally, a Carlton supporter, but I don't, Pull that against him, obviously, and uh, oh, I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he uh, he coached for quite a while in 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 Melbourne, played here in Melbourne, obviously, and um, uh, I actually had another cool connection with him. Um, his old club was Blackrock, and um, uh, Gabriel uh, Martin Del Campo, who's another U.S. Revos player and L.A. Dragons mem- player, um, he played in Melbourne the year before I did, uh, so he was down there in 2018, and he played for Blackrock, so. Uh, Kraz went back to visit um, uh, the family for a few weeks and he got to suit up and play with Gabe down there. So that was another kind of cool little connection that we had. But 
yeah, Kraz is great, and uh, he's done so much for the game here. He's a life member of the USAFL, and I think it's, you know, he does so much stuff for the game just in his region, like in Georgia, Florida, Alabama, the South. Like, there's been so much positive growth over there, and he works his ass off when it comes to things like that. So he definitely deserves a lot of credit. Did the fact that Kraz coached BlackRock come up in our conversation with him? Ruthie, I don't think uh, it did. I feel like we would have sure. sort of featured on that. But <clears throat> you um you mentioned about the player that uh, had played for Black Rock that come across from America. Mm-hmm. I actually played in the same game as he did. He was playing, I think it must have been reserves. It must have been for Black Rock, mm. and I was playing reserves at full forward. And I was um, it was I think it was reserves. And I was chatting to the bloke I was on, and he was, I think he got there late, so they were waiting him to come on. And it was yeah. As you mentioned that name, I'm like, oh, I remember him playing against a bloke that was like, oh, he's an American and he's come across here as a bit of to learn how to play the game properly. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Gabe actually did had quite the transformation. I mean, obviously he was going to be a much improved player when he came back from Australia. But um, yeah, he uh, before he went down there, he mostly played like a kind of utility, but mostly center half forward type role for the Dragons and. Definitely a great mark and a solid kick, but um, but yeah, obviously when he played at Blackrock and when he came back, he, they mostly put him in the guts and he kind of uh, redeveloped himself and kind of revolutionized himself as a player. And when he came back, he uh, last year in 2019, he uh, tied for the best in Ferris. So it was great seeing his transformation. He's a he's a got a phenomenal work ethic, good good all around bloke, and uh, definitely someone who's really uh, hitting his stride as a player. Yeah, very nice. And all right, well, he's he's spoken nicely enough about teammates and you know, blokes involved with what is. Now it's time to to get the dirt and throw some teammates under the bus. I think, because mm-hmm. um, even looking at your profile on on the Dragons, it's all nice stuff. You know, who's your teammate you most admire and things like that. But we want the dirt. We want. Oh, of course. We want some, Wait, some fun stuff. On. LA Dragons have players, teammates they admire? Yeah, yeah. Teammate you most admire. Doing better than we do. Couldn't think of anybody in that club. <laughs> Paulie, because he's of his dedication, passion for the game. And Sam, because he's always positive and good-natured. Yeah, so I'd probably get bear trap for his uh, dedication to a KFC hotbox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway... <laughs> So as I mentioned earlier, because you did, you know, play at Caroline Springs, we'll get one from the Dragons and um, yes. Caroline Springs. Yeah. So who's the class clan of the Joker of the club? Oh, at Caroline Springs, I reckon that's everyone. But, um, <laughs> oh, God, if, if I had to pick one, it would definitely be uh, Gooders or Nathan Goodwin. He's a legend at the club, uh, one, of our, one of our fullbacks, or not fullbacks, uh, back pockets. And uh, he's a ranger. But, you know, again, it, it's okay. Uh, we don't discriminate. And, uh, and uh, he, he's also, he's always constantly doing, like, the best memes and shit posts on Facebook and Instagram. So he's, he's definitely one of, those, uh, one of those goofballs, one of those life-of-the-party blokes that you're, that you're always taking the piss out of. He's, he's definitely, definitely falls in that category. And as for the Dragons, I would say, hmm, Uh, I'd say for the longest time it was Dicko, but he moved over to San Francisco a few years ago. Um, so right now, um, I would have to say uh, Hitchie, um, who's 
uh, back in Australia for, for a little bit. Um, he, he works in film and he had a project up in Brisbane that he uh, just moved back there to work on. But he'll be back in LA and he's been with the Dragons forever and he's, he's definitely one of the, one of the Larrikin types. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Um, Sean? Yes, yes. That's oh. a very hilarious and very explicit story that I won't get into. <laughs> I, can, I can play it, forget about the website. I'm sitting there, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're just like, this guy, I'm like, oh, shit, I forgot I can put names to faces. <laughs> <laughs> True, yeah. Um, how about the party animal? Hmm, for the dragons, uh, definitely be a tie between uh, David Dollar, who of course I mentioned previously, and, uh, and Dre, uh, Dre Jansen. Uh, yeah, they're definitely, definitely the ones who, who get a bit off their nuts sometimes, but uh, we love them for it. And uh, as for Caroline Springs, again, a lot of contenders, but my money would have to be on either Dingas or Kingy. Uh, so Aaron King and Daniel Ingram, they know who they are. And uh, definitely high quality action with those guys <laughs> most weekends. So, yeah. Did you just say his nickname was Dinger? Dingers, uh, Daniel Ingram. Yeah. Because he just said two nicknames that we have at our club, Dicko and Dinger. <laughs> yeah, I feel like every club has a dicko, you know? Not many of them are good blokes either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Um, so who's the bloke that takes a game far too serious? Ooh, um, Caroline Springs. It would probably be, oh, it would definitely be uh, Yanni. Yanni Apostolidis. Uh, ph- phenomenal player. Uh, he's 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 our Ruckman in the Reds. He's our Ruckman and uh, definitely got a bit of swagger about him. Definitely someone who's, who's always taking the game on, you know, grabbing the bull by the horns. But uh, he's, uh, he's definitely an intense guy and we, we definitely appreciate him for that. Uh, he's crazy, but we love him. Uh, what about the Dragons? Hmm. I'd say it would have to be uh, Freddie Shulin. Um, he, and Freddie's great. Um, he, he's a very positive guy, but he's also a very intense guy when it comes to being on the field. And uh, he's, a, he's a Danish guy. Picked up Aussie rules uh, when he was still living in Denmark and was working with an Aussie guy. And uh, he's, he's like 42, 43 now, and, and he's still at it. And he's got shoulder problems, but he still goes as hard as, as hard at the footy as anyone I've seen. So He's definitely a guy who uh, is all smiles off the field, but he will knock your head off on the field. All right, Rufy, before you go with the next one, though. I was just going to say, he's pretty good at badminton, too. He is, yes. Um, I've never actually seen him play, but I'm definitely taking his word on that one. National <laughs> champ as a kid, apparently. Mm-hmm. In Denmark, yeah. Mm-hmm. So before you go to the next one, Rufy, out of, we can say the faces... Uh, you choose who you think you wouldn't want to room with on footy trip and see how close we get to his actual answer. Four, all right. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. Four. I'm going to go... I don't know. Something about... Uh, something about... Oh, she's... Ryan... Ryan... Laws did I? She's. I picked the worst name to try and say. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, Rhino. Uh, just call him yeah. Rhino. That's what we Rhino. call him. Uh, he he's, he has a bit of a look about him that he'd be able to get a bit of mischief on a night out. Oh, he he frequently does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he's he's definitely a character. Um, he he uh came over to our club a few years back from Orange County, who are like our biggest rivals. And uh, but yeah, he's he's definitely a guy who um who 
who's uh, good company on a night out. Um, and uh, yeah, he, uh, he's fit in really well at the club. Um, he's been around for quite a while, but he's, uh, he's definitely uh, an asset to have on and off the field. So. Yeah, all right. So who would you not want to room with on a footy trip away? Hmm. Well, the, the irony in saying that is that, like, uh, this might be blasphemy, but in the USAFL, like, we haven't really had that many footy trips. Um, you know, on occasion, we've done something after nationals. We always do Mad Monday, but we just, we don't really do footy trip. And I knew it was a thing when I moved to Melbourne and everything, and I was ex- really excited to spend my first one down there. But uh, in the U.S., that hasn't really crossed over yet. We, we definitely need to get on board with with expanding that and you know we've already got silly sunday we've already got mad monday so we just gotta roll into the next week and uh make a whole meal out of it i guess you could say yeah lovely so you've had a few nicknames uh put out so far so who's got the best nickname at the dragons hmm well hitchy again (laughs) chomp uh would definitely be up there that's uh that's, uh, it's funny because like I always knew him as Hitchy for the longest time and and but it didn't really uh, I didn't really hear people too many people call him Chomp and then he told me the story about it. I'm like oh that's great and uh, so yeah that's definitely a good one we've our um, uh, Jabba um, of course he's the club president uh, can't give him too much crap but uh, yeah he um, it was just a childhood nickname that kind of stuck and uh, again his real name is Justin Hall and uh, definitely definitely fits in pretty well uh, with the other nicknames, the club, I guess you could say. So, and you got a uh, Chris Salvatore, yeah, massive yes. sack, <laughs> or big yes, sack. Um, uh, yes, um, unfor- yes, or uh, crispy. Uh, crispy. We also call him crispy. Uh, but yeah, um, he's mostly retired now. Unfortunately, uh, hopefully we can coax him out to make a comeback. Uh, he and his missus had a kid a couple of years ago, and uh, he lives pretty far away, like compared to everyone else here in LA. But uh. He's a good bloke, and uh, he uh, is also a long-suffering demon supporter, so pray for him. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, as for Caron Springs, um, probably my favorite nickname out of any of them would have been uh, Dougie. Um, it was uh, – his real name is Luke Edmondson, uh, and, and uh, Dougie was just – he, he, he moved over from a, a different club at, uh, relatively recently before joining Carolina Springs. He's played quite a bit of footy, but uh, Dougie was just the perfect um, – it was just the easiest nickname for me to remember because, you know, you're, you're meeting all these new faces, but I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's Dougie. And uh, so it was, it was a pretty good fit. The irony in, it was that there was already a Rika at Carolina Springs, and that was because our, our captain, uh, Keenan O'Shea, you know, Rika, Ricochet, get it? So, um, so basically I became Ricker and I guess that's cause, you know, Americans say ours and Aussies don't. So, yeah. Oh, I've just come across another good one. Uh, <laughs> gopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> David Gilfeder. Felder. Felder. Yeah. Um, it's, it's great. Cause, um, he's actually an aspiring stand-up comedian by trade and, um, he, He's definitely uh, one for the self-deprecating nicknames, so I'm sure he's always appreciated that one. Yeah, it's this. Getting mate, ideas for our website, Rishi. Mate, this is this is gold. It's good, some, isn't it? It's not bad. It's a, it's a uh, good, decent one, website. One, 
yeah, one that uh, he'll hate me for mentioning, uh, Sam Murphy. Uh, it's not listed on there, on the website, I don't think. But um, uh, so he's a handsome bloke and he's a model and we give him a lot of shit for that, obviously. But um, uh, so his nickname was Headshots. And that was kind of started by one of our former coaches who um, he just kind of came up with it one day and it stuck. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's got him down as Fisherman. Yes, that was another one that kind of, Came out of nowhere. Fish, fisherman. Yeah. He just he saw it. Yeah, he's, he's, he's doing the double guns, you know, flexing the, the thing. So you can definitely see he's, he's mm. done a bit of work in front of the camera there. Um, and before we wrap it up, you, your profile mentions you do work a, a, in film as part of film crew. Uh, yeah, that's my background. And, uh, and yeah, that's why I moved out to LA to begin with. Yeah, you're working on or have been working on anything recently that's uh, of of note? To... Yeah, um, obviously with, with the lockdowns and all, it's been a grind to kind of get the film industry back up and running. It's been pretty complicated, at least here in LA it has. But um, yeah, um, before the lockdown started, I actually was able to direct a, uh, um, a TV episode, or I guess I should say a, a YouTube web series um, called What Brings You In? And it was just kind of a cool connection where like... Uh, the DP or the cinematographer um, was a good friend of mine. And uh, he was just like, Hey, uh, we, we need a director for this episode. It's, it's nothing too complicated. It's you know, he- heavy on the improv, very funny. And we, we've gotten a, a bit of festival recognition. So why don't you come on board? And I was like, okay. So yeah. And um, then the lockdown started like two weeks after that, this was back in March. So um, yeah, a bit disappointing, but we're excited about making more episodes in the future. And, uh, again, getting some more name recognition uh, in the process. So that was exciting. And um, and I, I made some good film contacts when I was down in Melbourne as well. So I'm definitely keeping the lines of communication open. And um, I'm excited to uh, uh, potentially um, head back there in the future if I could get a different visa. So uh, yeah, you know, uh, obviously with COVID, a lot of things are uncertain, but um, uh, definitely staying positive and looking forward to getting back on set soon. Yeah, nice. Uh, best of luck with it all. I know. Uh, Thank you. A mate of mine who's over there. Well, like I used to train with jujitsu. He's uh, mm. chasing his Hollywood dream over there in LA at the moment, and yeah, he's nice. sort of, uh, you know, like yourself, been stuck without much to do. But uh, uh, hopefully, it, yeah, it all sort of picks up again, and you're able to get back onto a set some, yeah, you know, at some stage and. Uh, we might see you directing some, you know, sitcom or something in the future. <laughs> yeah, uh, hopefully. And uh... yeah, so best of luck with all that. Um, mate, we'll make sure we share your uh, website before we go, Rift. So just going to try something. Uh, can you hear me all right? Yeah, mate. All right, give me two seconds. Got to turn you up here. Hold on, two seconds. I've. Right. You still all good? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, sweet. So I figured we're chatting to somebody that's played in Melbourne. I would uh, reach out to Caroline Springs to see if I can get some dirt on Rick and you know, throw him under the bus. Unfortunately, <laughs> he, unfortunately, <clears throat> obviously busy work days down here. They didn't get a chance to. So they actually emailed, messed me back during this um, Zoom call and said, oh, say hi to him for us. So I figured instead of me just saying, oh, Caroline Springs says hi, I'll might film him something. So, uh, Caroline Spring says hi, mate. Is there anything you want to say to him? Oh God, I, I miss those blokes every day. Um, and uh, 
definitely love all the memories I made down there and uh, really, really high quality group of guys and um, hope everyone's doing well. Obviously lockdown's been tough on everyone in Melbourne, but definitely miss you guys and looking forward to seeing you again, hopefully someday soon. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, they missed, they missed me back about halfway through this episode. I'm like, oh, do I have time? And <laughs> I'm like, when do you need it? But I'm like, well, actually chat with him right now. So he's like, oh. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because um, uh, I did a podcast a few months ago with Craig Wessels, who um, he does the Yank on the Footy podcast, another American guy who's uh, relatively new to loving AFL and watching it habitually. And uh, yeah, he's, um, he kind of caught on, uh, you know, sent me a friend request a while back because uh, he had popped up in one of the Facebook groups and he was just really digging his teeth into watching AFL and learning as much about it as he could. And then he started the podcast and I thought, Hey, you know, this is a great idea. And this is a guy who's never had any connection with the USAFL. He teaches high school in, in Ohio and he's never been involved with the USAFL at all. And then, you know, he started watching, he started barracking for Geelong and uh, he's been following it habitually ever since, like I said. So, um, but yeah, it's funny. Cause like, when he did the podcast with me, um, he went out of his way to hit up all the boys from Caroline Springs and uh, did a whole Q&A with their questions and my answers. So that was that was pretty great. And it took me totally by surprise. So oh, I was hoping that you guys would have some for me. Now I'm, I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, not, not going to lie. That's where we got the inspiration from because we were on uh, Yank on the Footy as well. And E3. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done the same thing to me and Rifty. And it's safe <laughs> to say that I uh, come off the worst out of that uh, back and forth. But um. <laughs> Well, there we go. If you want to, you know, if you listen to the Cobra Cast episode of Yank on the Footy, you know, have a look for Rick's episode. And you know, I'm pretty actually. I think I, I did listen to that one. Actually, I think you listened to that one too, Rifty. I'm pretty yeah. sure you mentioned it. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I've oh, nice. made a podcast listen nowadays. I forget which one. Well, listen to. Yeah, mate. I actually mm. listened to a podcast today. I got halfway through, then realized, oh, should I listen to this two days ago? <laughs> <laughs> oh Half- yeah. And between all the ones we've been on, the conversations we've had with clubs, I. Uh, uh, like I know things, but I don't know where I know them from. So that's, <laughs> yeah, it's always an issue. I just noticed that we uh, actually missed a question. Um, uh, the, the, or the second part of the, who you wouldn't want to room with on footy trip. Again, I did go on footy trip uh, with, uh, to Adelaide with the, some of the Caroline Springs boys. Uh, definitely. Um, again, Aaron King would get an honorable mention Kingy, uh, but also uh, Puds. Uh, Mark Peduto, and that's just because he, oh God, his snoring probably caused the most recent earthquake in New Zealand because it's that loud. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, well, love you, Puds, but oh, that was that was rough. Yeah, good old Puds. I, I was mm-hmm. I was having a look at all the pictures when you asked me that question. Who I went on the room with, and oh, yeah, sort of mm. uh, looking at him, I reckon uh, is that Donnie. <laughs> I reckon he looks like he'd be a snorer and he's also got that look of like um, like he was an extra in um prison show or something, you know, so I wouldn't yeah, want to be definitely. sharing a, a cell with him, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he, he unfortunately, he moved away uh, a couple of years ago, but uh, he's, he's still um, a big fan of footy, so hopefully he'll listen to this one. Um, yeah, but nice, mate. Thanks again for joining us uh, on your, what is it, uh, Wednesday night over there at the moment? 
Oh, for six more minutes it is. It's almost midnight. So, oh, yeah. geez. All right. So we'll, <laughs> we'll let you get to bed, mate. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We'll, we'll share all your Facebook. We'll, sh- we'll make sure I, uh, I'll post the, the link to the website so people can put their the faces to the names you've mentioned. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks again. Uh, best of luck with everything uh, going on. Hopefully you get some footy in uh, in next season. And, yeah, thanks again. Yeah, boys, it was absolutely a pleasure. And uh, best of luck with uh, the next few episodes. And I'm going to be looking forward to seeing this one. And, uh, again, I really appreciate the opportunity. And talk to you boys again soon, okay? Yeah, beautiful. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Take it. Take care, mate. Cheers. Have a good one. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra cast with the present VP.